medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for personal care. If you have or you suspect you might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of this radio show or their sponsors. Welcome to Body Talk Live. I'm Robin Pop. It's time to put down those processed foods and get healthy, fit, and pain-free with Jeremy Gateman. Great to be on the show with you, Jeremy. Hi, Robin. Great to be here. I'm looking forward to the show. We've got a lot of really great, wonderful things. We've got, uh, again, our wonderful man on the street, David, is going to be with us again. But we have a special guest with us today that I want to introduce. This is okay. Megan Stewart. She is a registered dietitian for the past 10 years, and she focuses on research and continues to do that in the nutritional field. So, Megan, I want to welcome you to the show, Body Talk Live. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Jeremy, for having me. I'm so excited. Good. I'm really excited to have you here. I know that you and I talked, and we've got some really exciting topics to talk about. So let's go through yeah. them. Let's uh, let's. I'm I'm all ears. I really want to hear about okay. gut health. Yeah, it's all about I, the I gut. Gut health is like great. Yeah, it really is. And you know, you'll you'll probably see a ton of books out there, or just blogs, or opinion out there on the internet now. But there's truth to it because really, gut health overall is linked to so many things. So. I'm going to use some fancy scientific words, so I don't want to lose any of you, but that's kind of what it is. It's a complex process. So your microbiome, or really all that means, is different fungus or bacteria or viruses that live in or on our body. But today we're going to you know, focus specifically on those that are in the gut and what you guys need to know about it. So really there's a lot of things that affect um, the differences that different people have in the bacterial balance of their gut. I'm going to throw a couple quick like tidbits of information that I kind of find fascinating that as early as birth is when we start to develop our own, you know, gastrointestinal microbiome. So wow. we're actually transferred. Yeah, a lot of the bacteria is transferred from your mom even. So genetics even plays a role in the overall bacteria we have in our gut. Um, if you were born through a C-section versus vaginal birth, even one can have a different balance. So you can see that there's a lot of things that we don't even have control of and we're born with. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the next thing that is kind of fascinating is that everyone is different. Um, at birth, you even see a huge variation in the differences of, you know, microbiomes in babies. But it just goes to show you that not one individual has the same GI or stomach microbiome. So I'm mm -hmm. gonna, you know, one diet, one diet, or those types of things aren't gonna work for every individual. So I have a I question that for you. Things I wanted. To yeah. Oh, just on the, you know, the infant part. Um, I, I'm just wondering, is it, um, do you build more bacteria as a, uh, a baby that's receiving mother's milk as compared to formula? That's a fabulous question, and yes, that's why breastfeeding is really encouraged. Um, so already, you know, once they're born, that healthy colostrum and all the stuff that comes with that early breast milk will definitely improve the overall bacteria balance of an individual. And even some research says those that are either C-section or fed formula, not to knock formula because, you know, some individuals aren't able to breastfeed, but mm -hmm. the, the formula itself those that are on formula later in life are likely to develop more allergies. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of interesting when you link those two together. But that's, wow, that's why I'm going to touch on that too. That's why I'm in trouble, guys, man. I was not breastfed as a uh, baby. so <laughs> <laughs> We can't blame your mom. You know? No, man, we're going to call her up. We're going to call her up on the phone and give it to her. It's too late, Jeremy. Uh, I know. That's I the know. Problem. It's way too uh, well, late. Yeah, we'll get to some we'll get to some gut healing foods for you, Jeremy, later okay, to help you, you out. Got it. <laughs> um, and then again, you know, touching on the other things that affect 
the, the microbiota or the bacteria in our gut that we do have control of, you know, diet is a huge, huge portion. So are you one to eat processed foods, junk foods, or just poor quality meats that are packed with hormones or pesticides and antibiotics? These are all things that can mess up that balance that we're achieving in our gut. Mm -hmm. Um, Environment. Mm -hmm. Do we live in a big city that's packed with chemicals or old buildings? So that's something to consider. Um, Wow. And then intestinal pH is another. So what I mean by intestinal pH, are we highly acidic? Um, your, Your pH of your gut has to be acidic enough to digest and absorb food. But some people have a very, you know, low, low, low pH, too much so that affects and kills off some of the healthy bacteria. So oh, that's kind of what your microbiome is, yeah, and what affects it. Um, so not only that, but what does our gut, our gut even do? What's the purpose? Obviously, yeah. we digest, we absorb, and we excrete, you know, different nutrients. Um, but what they're finding now that they're studying specifically is that the bacteria in our gut regulates metabolism specifically. So the bacteria actually will help secrete fat from your body, number one. So with that said, it's great for controlling weight. They're showing people that have an imbalance of, of the gut bacteria are more likely to be overweight or have issues with losing weight. So That's it's kind of interesting to think of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then those that have GI issues or, or have, whether it's constipation or irregular bowel patterns, an imbalance of the gut bacteria all tie into that. It's um, so interesting. And then a huge topic. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a very complex process, but it, it can be kind of explained simple when you look at what it does for you, you know. Well, I think, Jeremy, you and I have both experienced challenges in this area um, and in different ways. I. I um, had to really change my diet, um, I don't know, about 20 mm-hmm. years ago. And, um, oh, my goodness, the energy that came from getting healthy was amazing. Yeah. It, it, um, yeah, that you inflammation, know, I felt like I could... you know, the inflammation that comes from that drags you down. So it makes sense that you have mm-hmm. more energy. I had a lot more right. energy, was a lot more resistant to sickness and it was a hard road to change my diet because I like to eat food, but it was worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're right, not alone, Robin, I tell we, you that. I mean, we uh, we did. You, you and I do have some some similar patterns, and it is interesting to learn more of the most important things, the bottom line of what your gut does. And mm-hmm, Megan, I'm mm-hmm. so excited to to have you on and and to be able to explain this to us. Because I know, uh, as Robin was saying, I as well have, you know, digestive issues. And this is really interesting. And I am really cautious with my diet. So I'm really anxious in, in to hear more about what you've got to say with more gut health. And I know you're going to talk about right. foods to eat and how we can boost our immune system. Definitely. Well, yeah, and I also want to... into my next topic. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to yeah. ask about the, <laughs> um, the how does the gut affect your brain function? Yeah. So regarding the immune health, and then I'll get to what they call the gut-brain axis, which is directly linked, and it's kind of a new area of of research for a lot of um, neurologists, even. So, but for immune health, simple. I want to make it simple because it can get really complicated, but really. The bacteria in our gut make these antimicrobial or antibacterial compounds, if you will, that actually block potential pathogens or viruses that can make us sick. So it's simple if you think of, like, if you're making less or have less of the healthy bacteria, then that's more Mm -hmm. active sites that viruses and pathogens can attack us and, you know, take a hit on our immune health. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you said yourself Mm -hmm. that you've changed your diet, you've gotten sick less, so it definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, and those we're gonna, few that have we're going to have to go ahead. We're going to have to come back. I I hate to cut you off. We're going to have yeah. to we're going to have to <laughs> pause all, this for a moment. And our listeners, stay with us. There's more right after this break. This is Body Talk Live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman and our guest Megan Stewart. And we'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. This is Body Talk Live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman. And we've been talking with Megan Stewart, who is a registered dietitian, and she's focusing her research on uh, immune. Am I going to say it right? Immunity. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> and, uh, and we've been talking about our gut and how important it is to propagate a healthy digestive system. So, Megan, I know you were right in the middle of a thought, so I'm just going to let you roll with it. Yeah, you had asked, you know, the gut and the brain connection, which, you know, that definitely led me into my next topic, um, because the two themselves are almost two brains in a sense, and they communicate with each other um, bidirectional. So the brain actually tells the gut how to to act, essentially. So, it, you know, not only can it tell us if we're full or how fast our gut should move, um, you know, it also produces special proteins even that actually protect the lining of the gut and, mm. and the boost immune system. Um, and I, I wanted to share this article with you guys that I had uh, read that there's a new area that, like I was mentioning, the neurologists are even finding that certain medications that act on the brain are actually working on those individuals that have GI issues that aren't even mm-hmm. suffering from, you know, you know, depression or things. So the article itself was touching on how antidepressants actually worked for those individuals that had IBS or irritable bowel issues. So I thought that was kind of great. And it, it's a new, yeah, it's a new area that they're looking into and following closely. So keep your eye out for all that for those, yeah. Yeah, um, Megan, I'd love to then, see that article. Yeah, I'll forward it to you. I, I okay. don't have the, the actual neurologist's name, but I will definitely get that to you guys. Well, and, and then so that brings up a good stuff. question. That brings up another good question about um, is it is it better to improve our gut with a medicine or is it a, is a better long-term thing to do it with nutrition? Um, I'm a whole foods person. Most dietitians, I would say, and I'm not speaking for everyone, but our mm-hmm. body usually reacts to whole foods forms more naturally. They recognize it better. They absorb it better. And a lot of the times when you're buying either supplements or medications, a few things to consider is that there's no regulation by the FDA. So what mm-hmm. are you spending your money on? Are you, can you mm-hmm. ensure that what you're taking is what it's claimed to be? So with that yeah. said, there's a, a hefty list, you know, of things that I would highly encourage individuals suffering from GI issues to consider to start taking to regain that ideal bacteria balance as well as heal your gut. Um, so have any of you guys tried anything since you've kind of, you said you changed your diet? I'm just curious some of the things you started to introduce. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a huge I have a huge regimen, you know, from... okay. Uh, peppermint oil to, um, I also take oregano oil. I also take a really mm-hmm. great probiotic. But for me great. also, um, I also have a great intake of foods that really helps to balance my digestive system. And exactly. when I go off of it, man, it's a, it's sometimes really uncomfortable. Yeah, you really can tell the difference, whether it's pain or, you know, irregular bowel patterns or just that sluggish feeling. You definitely can tell the difference. Um, you had said probiotics, and that's my number one, you know, intervention for those if you're not doing it already. Um, some natural food sources, if you're unaware, uh, if you don't want to take a supplement, there's certain things like kefir, which is a fermented milk drink. Um, kombucha, I'm a huge culprit of because it's dairy-free for those that aren't doing dairy, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. it's a fermented black tea. And myself, um, I started using it because I just was noticing, even though I have a clean diet, in my opinion, I just wasn't, my digestive system wasn't where I wanted it to be. It didn't mm-hmm. feel right. It didn't feel like I was digesting food like I should be. And the kombucha just daily, yeah, four to six ounces of that has really helped me personally. Um, and again, there's a, yeah, there's a laundry list of, of other fermented foods or foods that naturally have probiotics. That could be a whole nother topic. Um, but what I want to add to that for those that are taking routine probiotics, really make sure that you're also eating foods that are rich in prebiotics, which sometimes it's easy to get the two confused, but prebiotics, all they are, are soluble fiber sources that actually, help feed the healthy bacteria or the probiotics. 
So if you're hmm. taking a probiotic without, you know, routine prebiotics, that bacteria can die off. Um, so you need to eat things like almonds or bananas or apples if, if tolerated because those are prebiotic forms that will help nourish an ongoing healthy bacteria in the gut. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a tidbit of information there, you know? Yeah. I, that, I um, did not know that. I've been using a lot of um, probiotics naturally, not not taking a supplement, but I grow great. kombucha on my countertop. And I'm a big fan of, of making whole milk, yogurt, um, yeah. you know, fermented food, sauerkraut, and those kind of things. And Great. Um, if I keep those and you've noticed in the difference? my diet... I, yes, if I if I keep those going, okay. I can tell that I I'm digesting well, and um, I just I have more energy. I can really see that it. Uh, right. I start feeling sluggish well, if I'm not keeping those flora and fauna up in my system. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's a true statement right there. Then <laughs> it is. It is, and I go through, and it and it's hilarious that um, I drink probably three bottles a week of kombucha and my son once exactly. i bring a bottle out he loves it mm-hmm. and i and he's like three or he's four four okay he's four and we'll sit at the dinner that. table because yeah me too and i'll sit at the dinner table and he'll like take my bottle and we'll fight over i'm like man what are you doing with my bottle of kombucha <laughs> And, yeah, I you know, mean, for I, those that aren't familiar, they look at it like it's gross, but there are some flavors that are pretty acceptable, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, the, it yeah, is. My husband's, they, they not thrilled. my husband's not thrilled that it sits on the counter and makes um, mushroom babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the scoby. Yeah, it looks pretty interesting. <laughs> it's very, very odd, and he's like, I don't think so, but um, it's, you know... I'll have to mail you a mushroom, Jeremy, and you can make it yourself. That sounds. Yeah, it's so I much would love cheaper. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't delved into that either because it seems like a lot of work. But it, those that do it, they love it, and it's so much cheaper than buying a four dollar bottle, you know, and mm-hmm. spending the right. money on that. Right. But right. So, Megan, and, what is your? I want to get your thought on a little bit more on the immunity of you know general health and also the big role that our gut has. Because I know for me, as just an individual knowing my body really well, foods like last night I ate things that were just too rich and I feel sluggish and stuff today. But it really does affect what we eat affects our immune system. It really does, and it's funny because, you know, I met you on vacation recently, <laughs> and I would yes. say that I wasn't in my way of regular eating either, and now I'm battling a cold. So, you know, I, I totally mm. agree with that. When I notice that I go off track or when I'm on vacation and I eat more carbs or starches and less fruits and veggies and things of that, I do tend to feel like I'm I'm going to get sick. So really what I had said is that the bacterial balance in the gut, if there's any you know, imbalance of that healthy bacteria, which they call gut dysbiosis, you're making less of the antibacterial compounds that block out the pathogens that get us sick. So when we eat a lot of pro-inflammatory foods like excess starches or processed foods and less of the the foods that we know will fight inflammation, um, you're definitely bound to get sick or at least be in, you know, at risk for that. Um, and long-term, you know, I know you had mentioned to me your personal experience uh, of GI and how you also have developed immune disorder from it, but a long-term imbalance with the gut dysbiosis or having that imbalance of bacteria, uh, you know, you're starting to hear things like leaky gut and what that is. And really leaky gut, if you think about it, your your stomach wall, um, it's supposed to be strong. It's supposed to absorb nutrition and do what it needs to do with the digestive process. But once you start having what they call leaky gut or having pockets or holes in the gastric lining, which could be as a result from this imbalance of bacteria, Mm -hmm. nutrients start seeping into the gastric lining and cause inflammation of the bowel wall. And this, the IBD and the IBS they're linking now to immune disorders because overall your absorption of nutrients is less. So I don't know if you want to shed light on on your personal experience, Jeremy, Jeremy but they definitely go hand in hand. They do. They do. We are going to have to. 
we're going to have to close it off, though, Jeremy. You've got about 10 seconds. That's okay. Oh, cool. So, so Megan, I want to I wanna have you back next week, but I also want to share I would love with that. people that they can reach you at 310-736-5209. And uh, I want all our listeners out there to be excited for next week because we're going to definitely invite Megan Seward back in to talk about more of gut health and foods and immunity and all these really great things. Yep. Yeah, thank and you, thank Megan. you guys again for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. We've got so much to talk about. We'll, we'll take a break now, and we'll be right back. Body Talk Live. I'm Robin Pop, and Jeremy and Gateman and I have been talking a lot about healthy gut. And I'm just—I mean, we could have gone on and on and on. I know there's so much more to learn about, you know, what you're putting in your system, Jeremy. It's—it's um, it's something you and I have both worked on getting our bodies healthier in that area. So I can't wait to have Megan come back and join us. Um, but for now, we're going to switch it up oh, a little bit, and um, we are. I do want to. I want to invite our listeners to uh, respond with, you know, if they have questions, uh, they want to talk to you personally, or, you know, if they want to check out your your place there in uh, Century City, California, the body, uh, total fit, and, <laughs> total fit and rehab. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to say Body Talk Live. <laughs> <laughs> So your cell phone, if someone wants to get a hold of you, is? Yes, it's 310-994-9477, and uh, please feel free to give me a call, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. Yeah, yeah, give Jeremy a call, and um, you can continue with the, the the questions we were talking about today about, you know, health in your in your digestive system, but also if you have questions about exercise or, you know, other facets of nutrition. Jeremy is a wealth of knowledge. And uh, I always love to hear what you have to say, Jeremy. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate it. I'm excited to bring on David. David, the man on the street. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, trying to stay cool. It's warm out there. We're all it's warm. It's yep. a little, yeah, so, warm and sticky. <laughs> yes, warm and it sticky is. here, too. So, David, yep. share with us what you got, man. What's your research? Well, today I thought I could focus on the differences in losing weight between men and women. I thought that would be a very important topic to, to talk about today. Yeah, this is a very close-to-my-heart topic. <laughs> very good. Yeah, All right. So what do you, what you got, what man? Have you got so for excited. us? Sure. Well, uh, the the very first one uh, would be the obvious that women are created to carry another person, so they are predisposed to, you know, store fat, you know, within the abdomen around the hips um, to keep the baby warm, to make sure that it grows well, and and that's you know their hormone estrogen that 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 helps them with that. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have a little bit more trouble getting rid of the weight, whereas men have testosterone, they have leaner muscle. So for men, it's easier to burn the fat because the lean muscle is doing, you know, part of the work for them in that in that respect. The uh, Another thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that uh, women seem to have a lower tolerance for exercise. In other words, their their bodies are not the same uh, for endurance-wise, like they've got smaller lungs. So even though they seem to be working out at the same pace as a male counterpart, they feel like they're struggling harder and harder. Mm-hmm. So that might be a little bit of a turnoff for them. It's like, ah, by putting the effort. But the good thing is that there was a research study done by the British Journal of Nutrition that showed after six months of regular exercise, Coupled, of course, with a healthy meal options, women 
seeking to balance out with the men in a weight uh, weight loss game. Interesting. So, ah. Yeah, so, so the trick is to keep going with it. And the good thing is that when you're exercising, uh, the other uh, hormone, the endorphins, are kicking in, and that will give you a nice boost to you know give, to keep, keep you in the in the positive mind frame of yeah I can do this I can do this and so you're you're your own uh, uh, what's the word cheerleader okay uh, yeah absolutely I totally agree with that now why do right. men lose weight faster even on the I mean is it because they have that lean muscle and they're I mean my husband can lose weight overnight. I wake up in the morning and I've gained a half a pound. It's just not fair. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just the, the difference. It's, it's basically that oh, the hormones. The women have the estrogen, the men have the testosterone. Ah. Yeah, okay. and, and like I said, women are predisposed to, uh, to hold on the weight. Actually, uh, it says here, uh, where does it say? it says? Women are predisposed to store and retain fat. Estrogen, as you can guess, is to help support a pregnancy. Ah, okay. And also, and also, women are prone to emotional eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that ring true for you? Let's be Man. honest here. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest here, right? I like my comfort foods. Yeah, yeah. Well, who doesn't? But yeah, it, it's like I said, it's that extra little, it's that extra little difference between men and women. It's women yep, are predisposed okay. to that. So you're not going to go for the the carton of ice cream when you're not feeling happy, is that it? The, the men are just going to yeah, go you know, work out I somewhere. Men, yeah, exactly. Ten men tend to be doers, and then like we get okay. out there, you know, we're you know you're you're you're, uh, you're competing with your other friends, you're competing with yourself, you know, trying to better your your last workout and stuff like that. Whereas women, they will socialize. Ah, okay. Socialize, mm-hmm. eat ice cream, enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Relax. No well, wonder. Yeah. Get, get the mani pedis. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. Well, you know, God has made us different. It's it's just the way it is, and uh, that is it right. is. It is. That is and right. What to, yeah, the good thing to do for women is the resistance training. That's the best. That will help you build that uh, lean uh, muscle that you're looking for. Okay. Anything, and you don't need to go to the gym. You can just use uh, your own body weight, you know, push up some planks, squats, mm-hmm. anything that works those big muscle groups to get that lean muscle, to burn some of the fat off and get that muscle nice and lean so that the muscle is doing the the resting metabolism metabolizing of the fat. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, that's interesting. I guess that's the, yeah, that's the secret. It is, and 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 that's that's right. You know, I want to thank you for for that information, David. It's so true. You know, with, with those specific exercises that you expressed, when you incorporate your body in more of a whole body movement, you're you're able to stimulate the body more. You're able to burn more calories. You're able to Excess the fat better for fat loss. So that's really great. Um, and I want to hear more. I mean, this is really interesting stuff because people really talk about this quite a bit, the difference of men and women and how one does lose weight faster than the other. Right, exactly. And the thing is, you know, some, I was going to say that some women might, uh, Say well, you know, if I work out a lot, I'm going to start looking like a man. But that's just not going to happen. <laughs> you're gonna, you're just going to be be nice and lean. You're not going to be Miss, you know, Mrs. 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 Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, thank Correct. you, David. Thanks for for uh, chiming in with the the word on the street here and uh, what inquiring minds want to know about men and women's weight loss. I'll tell you what, it's not fair, but. Um, you know, we're curvy, and we're supposed to be yes. curvy, so I guess we'll just, exactly. you know, That's why it. we love you guys. So <laughs> exactly. That's right. Embrace, That's right. Embrace the curves. <laughs> embrace the curves. <laughs> embrace the curves. That's well, we're going to have to head in. Yep, we're going to head toward a break now here, and uh, we want to come back. When we come back, I know, Jeremy, you've got some things you want to talk about. You want to give a little teaser on what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break? Yeah, we're going to talk about some great things such as 
bone broth. We're going to talk about a little okay. bit about hypermobility. We're going to talk about uh, how to clean your fruits and vegetables. So I'm excited about All talking right. about that. So, David, the man on the street, I want to thank you again for taking the time and being with us and getting that information to our listeners. And I can't wait till next week to see what you got for us. Very good. My pleasure. All right. And this is Body Talk Live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman. And if you want to get a hold of Jeremy and ask some questions for our show next time, his number is 310-994-9477. That's 310-994-9477. And we will be right back. Body Talk Live with Jeremy Gateman, the man full of research and uh, information on being healthy and getting out of pain. And uh, I want to hear more about this uh, bone broth. We've talked about bone broth before, Jeremy, and that's we something have. that I do on a regular basis. And uh, do you make a lot of bone broth at home? You know, I, I make it more in the wintertime. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I am a definite uh, creature of habit. So for me, I, mm-hmm. I cook a bunch of things, you know, on the weekend for my lunches during the week. And sometimes it will definitely be a bone broth um, how, meal to where I'll make almost mm-hmm. like a stewy type thing out of a fresh bone broth. So, yeah, I do. I do. And, mm-hmm. and I really love it. I am a huge fan, much like you. Uh, you are also a huge fan, which for me, I've noticed a tremendous difference. I mean, we were talking mm-hmm. with Megan earlier on the benefits of, of gut health. So I want to just continue to move forward. And that's the same thing with bone broth. Bone broth really is hydrating. It really has been proven to boost and build immunity, but it also helps to calm down body inflammation. Mm. Well, and I that's think it's really important. important. I think it's important that we do explain to our listeners that there's a difference between broth, plain like um, stock, and bone broth. Um, bone broth is cooked a whole bunch longer. The, uh, the you know you can make a broth in an hour. You can put some you know delicious meat or bones in you know in a pot of simmering water. Get some flavor out if you want to add flavor to a dish. There you go. But bone broth goes a whole lot further than that. And your beef bones, you can cook for three days. And by the time wow. they're done cooking, they are like paper. You've, you've drawn out. What you're wanting to do is draw out the minerals and the nutrients that are in those bones and the cartilage and um, the meat that's there. The meat that's left in that broth is going to be completely void of any flavor because it's all gone into the broth. And your poultry bones, you... You don't have to do them that long. They're a smaller bone, so I usually go 24 hours on my poultry. And okay. the easiest way to do this is a crock pot because you can walk away from it and not worry about it. Uh, but you can do it on the stove in a very low simmer. The trick is to keep it low because then you're okay. not destroying the benefits with the high heat. You want to keep that gelatin. You want it to be firm when it's cool. You want to draw out those minerals very slowly and keep them in that broth. And then you will you will notice a huge difference in the consistency of a bone broth uh, as compared to a stock or chicken stock or a, you know, a stock that you want to, a, a quick flavor kind of stock. Right. So that most people yeah, use for soups. Exactly. And it's better if you go a little longer. Um, you can, what I tell people, we talk about bone broth at the farmer's market all the time because yeah. I raise chickens without hormones, and well, chickens don't get hormones, but I raise chickens without antibiotics, yes. and there's no pesticides on our ground. So what you end up with is a clean bone. It's not going to be laden with a bunch of, you know, medicine and 
you know, yucky stuff. So right. when you use those bones, I tell people, if you want the meat to have flavor, wait till it's falling off the bone, maybe two or three hours in. Go ahead, take the meat off the bone, put the bones back in, any skin or cartilage, put that back in, and that's what you cook for that extended period of time. And that's going to be like your gold. Interesting. You can can put the meat back in when you're ready to make soup or whatever. You know, you can make rice or beans or whatever. You can use the broth for anything. But you can save the meat, save the flavor, that good flavor of that meat, um, if you take it out a little early. Interesting. That's a great process. I mean, I really sort of just didn't know that. I kind of left things in there, but that's really a mm-hmm. great thing to know. That's cool. And yeah. the the other thing that I am fascinated with, and I see this a lot in my practice, is hypermobility. And people ask me, well, gosh, what in the world is hypermobility? And hypermobility really is, and it comes both in both genders, male and female, prominent in females to where you can stretch a body part such as your leg, your hamstring, which connects to your hip joint. And there's lots of extra movement where that leg can go almost to like your ears. It can really go vertical and go a long way before someone says, hey, I feel that. And that's mm-hmm. basically what hypermobility is. And it comes okay. with people in gymnastics. It comes in swimmers. And one of the issues with having the hypermobility is that you don't have the stability. You don't have the muscle on your frame to act as a support and as a shock absorber. So here in my office with with Total Fit and Rehab, we really work on not with weights because you don't want to use weights and push and pull things uh, with machines. You want to start with utilizing your own body's resistance because you want to resist the actual depression and increased, um, I guess you could say, pressure to the joint. You want, you don't mm-hmm. want to do that. You first want to start building a base to have support. And really people then start to get it because it's a real issue out there. And so that's how I work with my clients that have these issues. And again, uh, it's both genders, both male and female. Mm-hmm. And I a very have... I've always wondered about, you know, people that are more flexible. Now, are women tend tend to be more flexible than men? They do. You say? Uh-huh. Yes, they do. And they why is that? They absolutely do. You know, it's interesting. It also comes down to uh, being able to bear children, right? So their mm-hmm. hips are much different than ours as male, as, as me being a male. Um, mm-hmm. They're actually sort of, uh, they've got a wider hip. They've also got a different pelvics and in, in, in coccyx area. And that also is for um, having babies and having children. So that's mm-hmm. the major difference. Um, and, and it also comes down to, which we were talking about earlier, is less muscle tissue and less muscle fiber on the body. Men have a mm-hmm. tendency to have a little bit more muscle fiber and tissue and girth on the body, resisting Mm -hmm. ranges of motion, women have a little bit less, which actually increases and helps them increase range of motion. Okay. Okay. So So there is some benefits. (laughs) We can be more flexible. You can lose weight faster, but we can be more uh, flexible. (laughs) There is a benefit. There is a benefit. And here's an interesting one for you. And I get this question asked a lot because just I, how I eat and, you know, I'm a huge cook at home. So my clients want recipes, but they also want to know, well, gosh, Jeremy, how do you wash your fruits and vegetables? Well, mm-hmm. I started doing this a long time ago and I kind of use like a 50-50, maybe a 40-60. And it's basically water. And it's baking soda. So I'll use 40% water, 60% baking soda, or maybe a 50-50 mix. And I'll let my fruits and vegetables soak in there, including Mm -hmm. my strawberries. So people think, oh, gosh, why are you going to soak your strawberries? They're kind of porous. Well, yeah, they are. Even though I buy organic, they still Mm -hmm. may have things on them. And I want them off. Okay. So this is a really easy thing to do. And it's simple and it's inexpensive because what you don't want to do is you don't want to reuse. You can throw a bunch of things in there at one time, mm-hmm. but 
I'm not a fan of reusing because you're putting other things inside of an area that's yeah. already been sort of, yeah, yucked already. Yeah, you've so, already drawn it out. So how long does it you're soak? Right. Um, I really like to soak my stuff for a good 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, okay. My strawberries, I, do I do it shorter. What's that, mm -hmm. Robin? I used to do this. I used to wash things like this, but now I'm getting them um, from local people, and I know they're not spraying them, so I haven't I haven't been doing it as much. Right. You know, for, for, for the strawberries, um, I do it a little bit less just because they are porous. Right, and you mm -hmm. don't want to soak them too long because then they're going to start absorbing the water, and they're going to get mushy and yucky. So they're going to get soggy. Yeah, yeah, I do them for for a less amount of time. So I really like it. Yeah. It's super easy. It's inexpensive. People don't have to worry about buying super expensive products to wash their fruits and vegetables. And it's totally safe. I mean, you can you can ingest baking soda no problem. So. That's a that's a great idea. And Jeremy, we're going to have to go to a break now. Um, so when we come back, I can't wait to hear your nine best foods to power your immune system. This is great. It's all about the immune system today, folks. It so is. hang with us. Yep, we will be right back after this short break. Jeremy Gateman and Robin Pop, and we have had a wonderful show so far, and we're not done yet. We are not we done. We are not. We, yeah. we, Jeremy has got some great ideas for us, nine best foods to power your immune system, and I can't wait because um, I'm all about keeping my immune system up. You know, cold season, oh my goodness, not just cold season, anytime. You're we right. want to make sure yeah. we are resistant. Exactly. And you know what's interesting is there's a misconception out there. I just kind of want to sidetrack for two seconds okay. and then we're going to and then we're going to knock your socks off with these nine <laughs> foods that are going to okay. power your immune system. But the misconception is when people say cold season, yeah, there mm -hmm. is kind of a cold season, you know, more in the wintertime. But, but realistically, mm -hmm. you could get a cold year round. So I just mm -hmm. want people to know that that that. Okay. You should protect yourself year-round. That's really important. It's not just one part of the year and season that you are susceptible to getting a cold. It can be year-round, mm -hmm. specifically if yeah, you have young kids. Yeah, there's germs everywhere. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's germs everywhere. So, you know, when, when you have young kids like I do, um, mm -hmm. when my son comes home, I put him in an antibacterial bath, and he can't touch me <laughs> until uh, – I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He has a clean room. He has to walk around. Oh, man, no, guys. I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> let's power through this, man. I can't wait. We got nine great foods that are really going to power your immune system. And some All people, right. Yeah, so, some of these things, you know, you may have a sensitivity to. That's okay. Let's come up with some other ones that are more beneficial to you. But mm -hmm. one of them I really, really like, which is jalapeno peppers. And why jalapeno peppers? And, again, this doesn't have to be people are going to say, oh my God, I'm going to eat a raw jalapeno. No, you're Ooh. not. You actually Ooh, yeah. can, you can roast these. You can actually get them in a supplement form. You can crush them. There's a lot of different ways. You are not going to eat this raw. But what's great is the capsaicin, which is an active compound, which really mm -hmm. helps people with arthritis and inflammation, ah. right? Okay. And that's really important as we talk about boosting the immune system. You know, today's sort of show was really based on immune system and gut health and all these things and reducing inflammation through specific processes. So here, jalapeno peppers. I want to talk about lemons. Lemons are great. They have bioflavonoids, which are cancer killers, which really are Ooh. great for our bodies. High in vitamin C. Mm -hmm. I drink whenever we go out. My wife thinks I'm nuts, but I always want a lot of lemon because I put it in mm -hmm. my water. Everywhere we okay. go. Okay. That's a real simple way. You're not going to just sit there and eat a lemon. You're actually going to use it 
in water. That's the best form of getting it into your system and absorbing the vitamin C. The next, Ooh, apples. You, you know what else? What, wait, what, wait. What? Tell me. You tell can me. take lemon. You can take a wedge of lemon and put on your salad. You can squeeze the juice on your salad instead of salad yes. dressing, too. Oh, and I think here's another one. Thank you, thank you. And I think I mentioned this to you uh, a little while ago, is you take the rind of the lemon, don't take the mm-hmm. actual meaty part, and put it on the bottom of your foot with a sock. Oh, yeah. And, I forgot and about really, that. Really? Yep, you can you can sort of absorb some of the benefits of the lemon, the mm-hmm. bioflavonoids, but it also draws things out. I love so it. That's a really easy tip too. So now let's get on to apples, and mm-hmm. and I really like this. People who eat apples a day use fewer prescriptions, and this is a real true thing. This was a study that was done in 2015, and I'm a firm believer. Way back in the day, when the doctor says an apple a day will keep the doctor away. You know, all these years, it's really being proven that it's true. So there's many different ways that apples are beneficial to our bodies. The actual studies show that it actually helps people with asthma symptoms. Mm -hmm. And it also helps with reducing inflammation and the duration of infections. So Ah, colds, flus, other types of viruses. And and the Mm -hmm. interesting thing is eating a raw apple is best. But if you bake an apple and you put a little cinnamon on it, you're actually Mm -hmm. still getting some of the benefits. Not all, but you're still Mm -hmm. getting some of the benefits. So don't shy away from an apple. So now let's talk about the old-fashioned chicken soup, which we were talking about bone broth earlier. Yeah, your bone broth, yep. If you got your bone broth and you made bone broth, why don't you go ahead and add some other things such as carrots and maybe some onions and other types of things there too, this is Mm -hmm. really a great remedy for boosting your immune system in many, many different ways. It also helps to, yeah. I was going to mention, now when you're making your bone broth, don't put those veggies in right away. Right, afterwards. Afterwards, saute them and then pour your broth on top of them and then cook them in that broth until they're soft. Neat, yes. So after, after, yes. That's After, really yep. important. And what's interesting is, you know, more and more people are complaining, um, and I hear about, you know, mucus and, mm-hmm. you know, thickness in the chest and, you know, sinus issues. Man, this is a really great thing to use and incorporate your bone broth. And if you don't want to, then just use some chicken soup, but make it yourself. Don't buy things that are bought in the store. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but the you other need to thing, get a good, healthy chicken to do it, too. You don't want to be cooking just any old chicken because there are right. a lot of chemicals in those birds. And it's, Which you know, scares it's a me. sad truth. Yeah, the sad truth. Get yourself an organic chicken or a grass-fed chicken or a free-range chicken or something like that uh, to right. use for your bone broth because you don't want to be pulling out all those antibiotics that they have filled that chicken with in the industry. Interesting. Yeah, it's true. That is true. All right, the next powerful one is garlic. And definitely mm-hmm. garlic is a compound uh, that is called allicin. It's basically an enzyme that helps infections. You know, when people say, oh my God, you got a cold, you got a flu, you take vitamin C and things like that, you also mm-hmm. want to incorporate garlic into that. It is a heavy, mm. heavy enzyme and compound for our bodies in regards to fighting off colds and flus and other infections. It's actually been shown to act as effective as an antibiotic. Okay, you got two minutes. We got I got two minutes, man. Here we go. We got (laughs) grapefruit. Ha! Uh A half of a grapefruit has 60% of your daily value of vitamin C. Then we go to ginger, which I love. I eat ginger every day, a high antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. Yeah, love it, love it. Um, and basically, they have found that ginger helps with weight issues, obesity, oh! heart disease, and diabetes. That's fantastic. Yep. And then we got chamomile tea, which I love. I drink every night before I go to bed, even in the summertime, mm-hmm. which has flavonoids mm-hmm. that really help with stomach issues and digestion and body inflammation. Love it. And yep, it's, it's great. And then I want to hit real quick. Which actually, you know what? I don't want to. I want to stimulate our audience. We've got something for next week's show 
that I really want to share with you. And it's really important. It's five habits that have been proven to power not only your life, but your immune system. Ooh. Okay. I think there was one more of the nine foods. There is. I think we there missed is. one. Yep. Cranberries. Okay. okay. Cranberries. Yep. Great immune, immune booster. Uh, you can uh-huh. eat them fresh. You can also eat them dried. They don't lose Ooh, they a lot of their value. Mm-hmm. They don't lose a lot of the value if you eat them dried. It's fine. Oh, good. Good. I love them in your salad. My salad too. Yeah, there I love them on my salad. There you go. Yep. 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 They're great that way. So any way that you choose to in, input and in, 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 in ingest these things, there's many different ways how you are going to, uh, I guess, start putting these things into your life. There's yeah. many different ways to do it, and I'm here to help. And it's available everywhere. It's not hard to find those things. Those are common things. So next week we're gonna we're gonna talk about your five habits that add years to your life. And I don't want to give any of those away. Those will be for next week. We'll make sure we we build up some suspense here, right? Wow, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna hit those like next it. week. Yep. And uh, we may even have a question from one of our listeners next week, too. So we got lots to look forward to. We're going to have to sign off for today, Jeremy. I'm so glad you could do the show with me today. It's been great. Robin, We've hit some great topics. I love it. You know, it, it, it's, this is such a passion of mine, and I so enjoy doing the show. And uh, it's really wonderful to uh, be here. We had some great guests. So I really look forward to next week. And uh Let's power through, uh, power through those immune foods and get our bodies yep. feeling great. Sounds good. This is Body Talk Live, and we'll talk to you next week. Woohoo!